Hello, and welcome back to our Global Tech Swamp podcast. In this episode, we're being joined by Andrew Savitz of member company Canned Spinach to discuss how the team is using artificial intelligence in their day-to-day, the power of AI tools like ChatGPT when it comes to building websites, and how it's already making things easier for folks when it comes to tackling their to-do list. But before we get to that, we have our host and friendly global podcast team here. Hey, Brad. Why, hello there. Why, hello. Caitlin, what's up? You know, just membership chilling. I, I hope so. Um, and Stephen, how about you? How's it going? Hi, everyone. And of course, I'm Alex. Um, so before we dive into all things AI with Andrew, we'll talk tech history and the top global tech headlines. April 12th, 1989, 34 years ago this month, Tim Berners-Lee laid the foundation for the World Wide Web as we know it. Sir Timothy John Berners-Lee was knighted by Queen Elizabeth in 2004 for his proposal titled Information Management, a proposal at CERN, which is the European Council for Nuclear Research. Uh, He went on to win several awards and honors for inventing the internet, including the Turing Award, also considered the Nobel Prize of Computing. And the rest is tech history. And now, on to Bites and Brews. Stephen, Brad, and Caitlin, what is going on in the news? A bill introduced in the House of Commons in March of last year is gaining momentum and attention after nearly five years of delays. The most recent version of the UK's online safety bill was originally introduced back in March of last year and aims to increase user safety online while preserving and enhancing freedom of speech. More recently, however, some amendments were put forward based on the Irish Online Safety and Media Regulation Act that have inspired an open letter from seven large tech companies, including WhatsApp and Signal. Opponents of the bill are concerned that weakening privacy provisions around end-to-end encryption, amongst other issues, will be problematic. Uh, While the timeline for this bill is unclear, many say that it could be 2025 or later before we get to see it go into effect. For more on recent online safety bill action, head to the show notes. A new bill out of the House aims to develop a regulatory sandbox for quantum computing. The bipartisan bill aims to establish a new quantum sandbox program, which will collaborate with the Quantum Economic Development Consortium and the National Laboratories in conducting federally funded research. Quantum information science is a foundational technology that is transforming the economy of the 21st century, the bill reads. Robust leadership in quantum research and near-term development will have a great impact on the economic security of the United States. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security is creating an artificial intelligence task force in an attempt to see how the use of AI can be used to aid things like screening cargo and mapping and protecting critical infrastructure. Now, this comes on the heels of Secretary Mayorkas and other U.S. officials calling for increased protection around infrastructure like electric grids and water supply systems. For more information on the AI task force, you can head to the show notes. Early this month, Privacy regulators and the European Data Protection Board launched a dedicated task force to address privacy-related concerns related to OpenAI's tool, ChatGPT. This follows Italy's guarantor of personal data temporarily suspending OpenAI's processing of Italian citizens' data and launching a separate investigation on potential infringements of GDPR. By the 31st of May, OpenAI will have to propose a plan on how to implement age verifications of its users, and this must be implemented no later than the 30th of September, 
We'll have more on this regulation of ChatGPT in future episodes of TechSwamp. And that's all for What's Brewing. And as Alex mentioned earlier, we're being joined by Andrew Savitz of member company Can Spinach to discuss how the team is using artificial intelligence in their day-to-day, the power of AI tools like ChatGPT, and how it's already making things more efficient for them. Hey, Andrew, thanks for joining us on TechSwamp once again. Yeah, hey, Caitlin, thank you for having me. It's so great to have you back on the pod. So as Caitlin mentioned, we're here to dip our toes in the AI combo and just talk about some of the basic ways that tools like ChatGPT are being used. Absolutely. And I think, you know, one thing it's really important to point out that while we're sitting here talking extremely enthusiastically about the uses of AI, there are still a significant amount of folks who hear AI or ChatGPT and assume that what it's being used for is complicated and technical. In reality, though, we know that these tools can be used in every person's technical or non-technical life. Yeah, so um, I can give you a couple sort of just like fun and interesting non-businessy ways in which um, I've been using that in my personal life and just some friends have been using it. I think one kind of funny one that I most recently heard a friend used it to write a, I think it was either a love note or like an anniversary letter, um, the copy uh, to his uh, to his wife um, because he didn't have time. Um, so kind of created um, a heartfelt <laughs> letter without without the effort and time. Um, Did she know? Did she know that it was? <laughs> that's honestly a great question. I didn't ask, um, but yeah, who knows? But hopefully, hopefully he tweaked it a little bit to add some of his own personal touch to it. Um, the other one that uh, I recently used um, over the past couple of weeks, I just closed on my first rental property. And I have obviously never done that before, like rented a, um, a property out. So I don't know what I don't know. And I've been using ChatGPT to <clears throat> almost do some level of research and inform me on some of the key things that I need to be doing. So for example, I would ask it, what are the key things that I need to include in my lease? Or what are the um, you know, five most important things I need to know before I rent out a property or when I move my tenant in? Mm-hmm. And it, it gives me a really you know, helpful sort of checklist with some extra information surrounding each of the five bulleted lists or things that it kind of provides um, to help, help me start understanding some of these key things that I probably wouldn't realize on my own. And then from there, I can start doing some research to, uh, to figure out how to actually go and implement those things. Yeah. Whoa. Those are both super cool and, and very different ways to, to use it out, outside of uh, your business. I, I do want to dive in on some of the ways that you're using ChatGPT with your team at Can Spinach, though. You and I had a conversation a little while back about some web design and development applications of this tech. How is it helping folks at Can Spinach streamline the web development process? This can relate to design, coding, research, or testing. Yeah, great question. Um, I think some of the really simple ones we've found, uh, it's honestly just a matter of, I think some of these really menial tasks that take up time um, and kind of headspace from our team, um, but 
we know we have to do, but don't want to do. So for example, note-taking, we've started using a tool, I think it's called otter.ai, and that's been incredibly helpful where we don't need to have an extra person in the room dedicated to taking notes for us because it does it all for us and it formats it in a really easy digestible way um, so that we have all the information we need from the meeting while being able to focus and be super present in the meeting. Um, the kind of way I like looking at that, it's sort of funny, like I always think about the servers at restaurants when you have like a huge table and no one understands how that server just memorizes everything. So we kind of get that superpower um, through using otter.ai. Um, I think some of the other interesting ones that we've been doing recently, um, I think it really falls predominantly in the copywriting and <clears throat> brainstorming or strategy phases. So copywriting, I think that's pretty straightforward. And I think that's one of the things that most people um, who have been exposed to ChatGPT have used it for. Um, I've found that it's it's saved us an immense amount of time being able to um, definitely not have final copy, but it at least gets us a really solid starting point to then refine um, before we before we finalize it for the websites that we build. The other interesting one that we do is I think you we would essentially just describe it as like brainstorming activities. Um, I think it's been kind of fun because yes, we internally can just brainstorm amongst ourselves, but it's been really cool where we can send off a designer on his or her own <clears throat> and you know, they can use chat GPT to almost have like this, um, this brainstorming session by themselves, but it sort of simulates as if they were with someone else um, where they can ask chat GPT, you know, give me five examples or ways in which you could achieve this or talk about this or, what key pieces of information do you need to have on a website that is selling these services um, to this type of demographic? And from there, we can once again take some of those pieces of information that ChatGPT provides us and then start riffing off of that and developing those ideas further. So those are some of the, those are two of the probably um, most common and helpful <clears throat> ways in which we're using AI all that super interesting and helpful information. I, I know uh, previously when we'd, when we'd had a conversation, you had discussed how you were working with AI to essentially build a, a website. Uh, and this specific example I'm thinking of is, is related to solar panels and, and green tech. I, I'd love if you could share with our listeners some of the information about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, very cool project, both in terms of what they're doing and the way in which we went about building it. Uh, we worked with um, a retired NFL athlete named Trevor Davis, who, whose father has been in the uh, solar panel installation business out in California um, for quite some time. And he and his dad decided to start a um, kind of second, second business doing the same thing, just in a different region of California and they called it Father and Son Solar. And what we helped Trevor and his dad do is essentially build a website and our sort of goal or idea with this was we're gonna, we're gonna see how much of this website we can build using AI and kind of test to see what does the end product look like and how much time did it save or did it not save. So 
you can actually view the live website today. It's called fatherandsonsolar.com with proper spelling. Um, I assume you guys will put that URL in the uh, show notes. But <clears throat> what we essentially did was we used ChatGPT to recommend some key content blocks for the website that are needed for you know solar installation company website and from there once again we we tweaked it a little bit but it got us 90 percent of the way there and then from that we used we used that information to build a sitemap and then some wireframes and then we started filling in cop copy through through the different content blocks throughout the website so once again we defined some you know brand voice and tonality and different sort of you know um, prompts for the AI and then just fed it, you know, we need a, an open, opening line um, describing what this company is. We need a mission statement, all the different things that you see on the website, all the copy is generated through ChatGPT. Um, and then the other kind of neat thing, though we did not build this technology, um, we did um, integrate another AI software into it, <clears throat> which I think gives their company incredible competitive edge compared to other solar installation companies out there. Um, and it essentially is a AI software that takes some information from prospective clients, things like their address, um, the, the age of their roof and what type of materials on their roof and how much their current energy bills are. And from that, it actually generates using AI um, some information around how much money you'll save how many solar panels you'll need to install on your on your roof and where specifically they need to be located and then it generates a 3d model that shows you exactly what your house will look like with those solar panels installed <clears throat> and an roi over the course of 10 years on your investment in the solar panels so it's a really neat tool that very very quickly allows people to conceptualize and understand whether or not this investment is worth you know worth the investment and also it's an amazing tool that helps Trevor and his team much more efficiently get people estimates and quotes. And we will be having all of that information in our show notes. As Andrew mentioned, we're going to have that link um, posted so folks can click around and see what he's talking about. Um, also, it's just so great to like be able to have a little green tech shout out right around Earth Day. Um, so thanks so much for bringing that into the fold. Um, so, you know, we've referenced how you guys are using AI, um, and there's a blog actually on Can Spinach's website that will also be in the show notes um, that kind of breaks down some of the ways you just talked about um, when you're using ChatGPT and that like copyright, um, copy editing, um, research, and um, brainstorming kind of area. Um, so, I wanted to join in on the fun and have ChatGPT. Draft some questions for you to answer on the pod. I think we only have like two of them, um, so don't get too mad if you hate them, and you can please blame ChatGPT. <laughs> um, but the first question is, uh, you know, can you discuss the role of AI in creating more personalized and engaging user experiences, um, whether that's on websites or web applications or mobile applications? I think one of the cool things about AI, particularly as it relates to smaller businesses. <clears throat> like canned spinach, we don't have, 
you know, thousands of employees working here with like unlimited budget to do all this user testing and user research to identify, you know, what the exact best way to, you know, draft copy or what exact pieces and elements are needed on specific websites. But the cool thing about ChatGPT is to some extent it allows us to be able to conduct that research, if you will, without spending any money or really even too much time because we can ask it questions and, you know, the AI will essentially, you know, scour the internet to find trends and all this different information that helps answer those questions that we'd otherwise have to spend an incredible amount of time and money researching on our own. <clears throat> and it does it all in the matter of a couple minutes. So I think that is one example that has been incredibly helpful for us. All right. So next chat GPT drafted question. What does the future of AI and web development look like? Are there any upcoming innovations or trends that developers should keep an eye on? So an interesting need that uh, my business partner and I have identified is the necessity to train AI models to be able to do whatever it is that, you know, they're being built to do. And so what I mean by that is generally speaking, when you think about like, for example, image recognition or generation sort of AI, you have to <clears throat> manually train it by tagging thousands upon thousands upon thousands of images so that the model can slowly learn and understand what to do and what to look for and recognize when it's doing, you know, whatever it's being created to do. The problem with that is that that's incredibly time consuming and tedious menial work that is, you know, theoretically well beneath <clears throat> the skill level and pay grade of most of the people who are actually developing these, you know, algorithms and various AI tools. So what we're looking to do is, and starting to do is building out um, a service that essentially allows people who are creating different AI tools um, to outsource that manual labor associated with training their models. Mm -hmm. So that's something new that we've um, just started building out. That's awesome. I, I think that that kind of goes hand in hand too with like people not realizing that if you're getting an answer from ChatGPT that you don't like, it might be like the fact that you didn't write a great prompt. <laughs> Like it's, it's exactly. the information that you're putting into it that is also like part of the product. And so being able to streamline that kind of um, information, I think will be really, really important in terms of like training the language model, because to your point that that can take a really, really long time to get right. Um, okay, so exactly. we are gonna have all of this information that we just chatted about on our show notes um, that, that can be found on our website, which is actonline.org slash techswamp. Um, so Andrew, I believe that's all for me for now. Thank you so much for joining us again on TechSwamp. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it and it was fun talking. You'll be back soon, I'm sure. <laughs> And now it's time for our random identifiers. Steven, you are up first. Okay, I'll go first. Um, I think I've talked about Nintendo before on random identifiers, which suggests, you know, what we do quite a lot of in our house at the moment. 
But uh, I took my little boy to see the new Mario film recently, and it's absolutely brilliant. Um, the critics gave it a bit of a mauling, but they're wrong. It's really nostalgic. It's really funny. Um, it kind of covers all the bases that you want to see from a Mario film. They, they've got it driving the carts. They've got kind of nods to all of the games from from back in the back in the SNES days and the modern ones as well. So yeah, we really enjoyed it and definitely recommend people going to see it if you have any interest at all in uh, Nintendo and Mario or just if you've got young kids who like a good fun film. Brad, what about you? What do you have for us? Of course, I think to continue on from our are being Caitlin and my journey to South by Southwest, I have to bring up another band that we we had the privilege of seeing while we were in Austin, Texas last month. And that is German band Rikas, R-I-K-A-S. And funny enough, I Caitlin and I had not even planned on seeing this band, but when we were walking back to our hotel from uh, dinner or uh, another band, I can't remember exactly, <laughs> uh, we were just walking by the venue and kind of heard it and we're like, whoa, we should check that out. And we went in and it, it, it was fantastic. It was, uh, it was very indie pop and made me want to dance quite a bit. Uh, and it was their first ever show in the U.S. So it was cool to be a part of that too. That's really fun. Was it like downtown, like near Sixth, or was it more sort of like over by, like, Rainy or? Oh, it was on Sixth. It was Ooh. right in the meat of things, and I, love uh, that. I, I think Caitlin's favorite part is that they covered Canary in a Coal Mine, Amazing. which was yes. just very, very fun. <laughs> and they had little, little synchronized dance moves too, where they were like doing kind of like a little like run in place kind of thing. It That's was delightful. Really cute. I really love that. You love to hear it. You love yeah. to hear it. You do. Um, well, Caitlin, what about you? What do you have for us this month? Something that you don't love to hear, Uh-oh. which is cannibalism. Um, <gasps> oh, my gosh. A show about it. Yes. <laughs> I hoped we were going to talk about this. <laughs> this season is just so good. And, like, I was a little bit worried about Yellow Jackets and, like, making things kind of, like, just as interesting as the first couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're doing it. And they're doing it very well. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the most recent episode. Oh, I so have. I'm not... Okay, okay, great. The daughter finally coming oh my through, gosh. but also, like, still hate her. Yeah. <laughs> wild. Absolutely wild. I thought that this most recent episode has been, like, one of the best episodes, certainly of this season, I think, but, like, it just was such a good episode. So much happened, but also, like, at the, the pace. Secret? Yeah, oh my gosh. Divulging scene, uh, and then, okay, are, are they going to eat her? I, probably. I think they will. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, the show is really great, everyone. I just, I can't, I can't overstate how much people should watch it. It's maybe Showtime will sponsor us for as uh, much as we that want would to be, talk about it. That would be so great. I just, sometimes I feel like people are probably like, they're really talking about someone eating someone else right now. And they're like, yeah, obviously, as though that's a normal thing to have a conversation about. But trust us, global tech swamp listeners. It, feels it really. Normal. Yeah, and it's it. such a great show. And and I I think we've said this many times when talking about the show, but like one of the things that is still so great about it is the week to week release. Because like you're like you have time to like process what you've watched, but also come up with like theories, which is yep. fun. It's just like I miss watching TV that way. So it's like nice to have a show mm-hmm. that is that good. The Last of Us was kind of like that too. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, it just makes me happy like to anticipate every week. So anyway highly recommend the speculation definitely makes it more fun yeah 
yeah. Plus it's just perfectly acted and written and just everyone's doing great. Love, love it. Um, <laughs> 10 out of 10. We'll yeah. watch again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, my random identifier this month is also music related. Um, so I, um, I think I've talked before about how much I love Phoebe Bridgers. Um, and she is a part of sort of an indie <laughs> rock super group, I would say, with Lucy Dacus and um, Julian Baker. Um, that uh, is called Boy Genius. And it's they're really great. I was really obsessed with their EP. Um, and then they just released their first full-length album. Um, and not only is it excellent, but they've been, like, kind of starting the tour circuit. And they, like, did both uh, Coachella weekends, but also have just, like, been playing one-off shows. And it's just so good, and they're so great. And I think it's really fun to see sort of, like, female supergroups, especially now in sort of this, like, day of, like, internet music and indie rock. So anyway, um, I guess I'm here to say that Boy Genius, uh, their album, which is called The Record... Uh, is really great and I highly recommend people listen to it it's very good I can confirm that I like at least one or two songs from that it came on like a daily Spotify mix or something and I was like oh this sounds like Phoebe Bridgers and I was like oh this is a lot of people that I like yeah (laughs) yeah I think the album also balances sort of like that folky vibe with some like Mm -hmm. solid rock songs I just it's really great and it's very smart I like their lyrics anyway highly recommend Okay, uh, well, that is it for our Global Tech Swamp. Uh, if you heard anything on here that piqued your interest, head over to our website and make your way to the podcast section. We'll have notes on today's episode that include links to all the good stuff. And we now have transcripts available. You can find them in our show notes as well as on podscribe.com. Just search Tech Swamp. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. And of course, we'd love a rate and review. Five stars, please. And that is all for today, folks. Thanks for listening to this global episode of Tech Swamp. Everyone, say bye. 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 Bye.